0: the word and the word was with god and the word was god in him was life and the life was the light of men go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel
1: Well, welcome to Light of the Southwest. I'm Amy Cooper and today I get to introduce you to some new guests that I'm pretty excited about and I think you will be too. The Cowboy Church is back at (laughs) GLC. We have Trey Johnson and his beautiful wife Heather brought to us compliments of Ann Smith of Glenn and Ann Smith fame. Dear friends. So welcome. Back to GLC, you. because you were actually here a long time ago, yeah?
2: Yeah, it's probably been 20 years when Glenn was on, had a show on here, and, and so here we are again. Yay. So, thank you, Lord. We've learned a lot in 20 years. Well, that's good
1: news, <laughs> right? <laughs> no,
2: thank the Lord I had just gotten older, but I've got, yeah. I've learned. He doesn't you know? want
1: us staying in the same place. Exactly. That's what I know. You guys have such an incredible ministry
2: that tell them what you do. Let's let's start there. Okay. Uh, of course, we'll, You know, Heather and I, we travel all over, and uh, I rodeo professionally also. And I've been in the ministry 20 years. And in the beginning, you know, I traveled different cowboy churches, helped start some different cowboy churches and stuff. And then I went on and won the Rookie of the Year in the professional uh, team roping, and that was in 2000. And then right after that, um, and maybe we'll get in my story later of how I came into oh, the process. Oh, we will. But, uh, <laughs> Then I, I I knew there was a shift coming, you know, and I was in Salinas, California at the rodeo, and I was just spending time with the Lord that morning, and it was just like the Lord was sitting right across the table from me, and He was just putting pieces of bread in my mouth, and, and He stood up, and of course when He did, out of respect, I stood up too, and He walked around the table, and He put one more piece of bread in my mouth, and He patted me on the back, and He said, Now, Trey, go feed my sheep. And at first I was like, Oh, yeah, right, Lord, I know what that means. And and uh. So I knew there was a shift coming. I went home and I really sought the Lord. I fasted. I, I just really got serious because I knew there was a new, new stage coming in my life. And I um, would and started releasing some stuff. I was doing the college rodeo services at that time. And I uh, had you know, done several different cowboy churches. And, but I was releasing them not knowing exactly what it was. I was just being obedient to the process. And, and so I went home and I was seeking the Lord and just doing private ro- roping lessons until I knew exactly what God wanted me to do. And uh, a pastor of a church up in Amarillo at the time, he called me in and that's where we'd go whenever I was in town. And he hadn't come in he said, Trey, would you pray about uh, coming on staff and being associate pastor? And it was just a non-denominational church. You know, they didn't know anything about rodeo or anything like that. And my spirit man, I knew it was the right right move. My Mm -hmm. flesh was like, no way. You know, I'm climbing the the ladder in the professional rodeo. The sponsors are coming in. I'm just fulfilled part of my dream. but I knew that that was my that was my Isaac you know how Abraham mm-hmm. laid Isaac down and mm-hmm. and so I, I ended up uh, getting rid of the horses the trucks the trailers not because God made me it was a it was a sacrifice to me it was God here's my heart here's my mm-hmm. gifts here's my calling and I told him if I ever rope again it, it'll be you and uh, so I shut down the traveling ministry and and went and pastored churches for almost nine years started uh, three three different churches there and mm-hmm. Uh, it was quite the journey and and I learned a lot during that time Then 2010 and um, I, I knew I was supposed to go back and start traveling and ministering again and rodeoing again and so got everything in place the last church was actually in Midland that I pastored um, and then I went back on the road and I've been traveling and ministering ever since um, so we'll go to Australia we'll go to Brazil this year I, I do roping clinics all over the United States and it's phenomenal how people come just to get better at their roping but then they end up accepting the Lord and having an encounter with the Lord. And so, one will, will be at a, a Baptist church, Methodist church, Pentecostal church, Church of God, uh, just all across the board. And um, and I'm also do a lot of leadership development. I'm an uh, executive director for the John Maxwell Organization. I'm a certified coach and speaker and trainer, and and so I do a lot of that stuff uh, as well. And those are my three main areas of strengths: is of course ministry, leadership and the roping and so every day those are that's what I'm developing every day and growing me. Um, you know it actually makes sense that roping would bring unity. You can tie us up. <laughs> <That's> right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know um, you're talking about how you were just beginning to get your sponsors and you're, you're climbing the little roping ladder and uh-huh. and then you just felt the Lord tell you this is This is what I want you to do. Yeah. You know, that's where people have a hard time with things, Trey. And if you want, really want the Lord in your life, and you want to see what He's capable of, that's when you go, you know what, Lord? Okay.
2: I'm willing.
1: I'm willing. Yeah. That is how you know that you're actually surrendering your life when you do what you don't want to do. Right. And you do it with the heart of whatever you say, Father. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Right?
2: You know, years ago I was looking at how Jesus, he got in the Garden of Gethsemane and how he was saying, Lord, not my will but your will be done. And a lot of times people think that we're just going to be able to flip on a switch whenever we get into a pressure situation and say that but you track Jesus' life. He lived that way mm-hmm. every single day. So when those shifting times came, those transitional times came, it wasn't something new to him. It was mm-hmm. it was real to him. It was the way that he lived his life in which allowed him to tap into the strength of God for him to not do his own will. Mm-hmm but to do the will of the father knowing that God is good knowing that God is faithful knowing that God has other people on his mind and when God tells us to do something it's not to take something away from us it's to shove us into our destiny it's to protect us and guide us he is a good dad and so when he says something and and I think that's one thing I've noticed in churches and and with the religious mindset sometimes is people look at God as a withholder or a taker Mm -hmm. And he's not. And whenever he tells us not to go somewhere, it's because he has life on his mind. It's because Mm -hmm. he's a good dad and he wants the best for us Mm -hmm. and he has this relationship and this connection and this timing that anything that he does is good. You know, while you were talking about
1: Jesus being there in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's crying out and he knew what he was going to face. Yeah. You're absolutely right, Trey. If he wouldn't have have lived his life daily, minute by minute Seeking the father listening for his voice hearing the instructions. There is no way knowing what he was about to face That he would have Been able to trust the Lord for the strength to see him through the scripture that came to my mind When you were talking about that was the Lord will never test us beyond that which we can endure See, he knew what Jesus could endure, Yeah, and it was a lot. Yeah, <laughs> But Jesus knew that God wouldn't take him through that if there wasn't victory on the other That's side. Right. God doesn't ask us to do things that there's not victory coming.
2: That's right. That's his nature. He always mm-hmm. causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. He always leads us into victory. Mm-hmm. That's just his character and nature. It's, what, it's what's on his mind. He never intended for us to fail in life. You know, in Ephesians chapter 6, when you look at all the armor of God, I mean, He was the the originator. He was the creator. And so whenever He created that helmet and that sword and the shield and the shoes and the whole whole armor, He knew it was created to bring victory to our life. Mm -hmm. But then it's up to us to activate it, Mm -hmm. to put it into motion, to use it correctly. But never did it cross His mind, I hope it works. No, he knew it was going to work. He knew he (laughs) gave it to us with the intent that we come through whatever life throws our way in victory, knowing him more and being the best us that we can be.
1: He has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Everything, yeah. You know, the armor, the spiritual armor is so key to victory, though. I mean, you can have on that helmet of salvation, but you know what, buddy? You don't pick up that sword and use it because you don't know how. Right. Or you don't have on that breastplate of righteousness, that right standing with God. This weekend, the the Lord just really um, showed me something so, so sweet and so profound about the righteousness of God. That that scripture, you're the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus, has always been one of those things that I know, but it just, and finally it clicked this weekend when i'm like i'm in right standing with god yes because of what jesus did for me and our faith is counted unto us as righteousness yeah. so when i'm realizing and trusting believing that jesus did everything that had to be done at that moment uh-huh to put me in right standing i'm trusting what he did on the cross for me yeah. he is my hope he is yes. my salvation he is my deliverer yeah and it's just this wow lord that is amazing and, <laughs> yeah. and the more I, the more i am trusting you in that the greater my victory yeah. because i'm not looking at me aren't i great right. no but I'm looking at him and I'm yes. going, "Wow, you really paid a price for me to have victory in life." When it comes to your kingdom.
2: Yeah, you know I think a lot of times we we've been taught about the about salvation, and this is the funny picture that I you know most of us show up with just our helmet on and our uh, mighty whitey tidies on, you know, <laughs> you know, showing up for battle, and that doesn't into end into end mm-hmm. well for anybody, mm-hmm. you know. But learning how. To live life in victory. It's a daily process, you know, that we're not just hearers of the word, that God created his word to to bring heaven to earth. I mean, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so, you know, his word releases the character and nature of God and it helps us become everything that he's called and created us to do. And I was thinking when I was talking about the armor of God before we got married, I was just asking the Lord, you know, how he saw Heather and and what his perspective was of heather and that's he showed me this warrior uh and of course i'll let her tell her her version of it but he wouldn't he wouldn't allow me to share that with her he said because i want i want to reveal that to her Mm -hmm. but she was this warrior it would have
1: scared her if you would have told her (laughs) exactly
2: you know Mm -hmm. because he does a lot better communicating Mm -hmm. a lot better job communicating than i would i
1: created you this way heather yeah exactly
2: (laughs) Yep. But she says, well, I guess I'll go ahead and say it. She says when God revealed it to her, saw her in the, her armor with her sword, she had a bow in her hair. I didn't see the bow, but to her she did. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. I did, yeah. I had a little ponytail with the bow, and that's how I knew it was me. Yeah. Because it was a warrior. But it was a full body armor, Roman soldier. Um, but the full, you know, the whole face, I mean, the whole, like, get up. And so your
1: face was covered, you just so had couldn't this ponytail I could see my
3: face, right? I could just <laughs> see the Roman soldier, the full wow. body armor, but it had a ponytail with a bow. And yeah. so that's how I knew it was me.
2: <laughs> I found this, uh, two, two armors. I have a, a set of armor in my office and she has one in her office just to continually remind us of who we are and what we're equipped to do. Okay,
1: so how do you get this armor? How we, do you get it? Because it doesn't just magically appear.
2: Uh, you're not talking about the pair I bought at the boutique. Well, it is, you know, whenever you begin to look at Ephesians chapter six and you see how serious Paul was in the writing to the church at Ephesus, um, you know, he uses a statement, finally, my brethren, and you look at everything that was written in, in the book of Ephesians to the church at Ephesus, you know, we have redemption, we have the structure of the church, we have the structure of the home, we have grace, we have all this stuff and so when he uses the the statement finally my brethren he's saying okay it's great that you learned all of this but if you hadn't got any of this you need to listen to what I'm fixing to say finally my brethren he goes on he says be strong in the Lord it's very stern statement He's saying, I need you to get this and I need you to get it now and he goes on and lets us know how that we get the helmet the breastplate of course it all comes to us through salvation by accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and personal Savior and the thing about the Roman soldiers in that time is when they'd come into the to the Roman government, it wasn't a one-size-fits-all. They would size their hands. They would size their head. They would size their feet. They would size all of their body. And their armor fit them specifically for the way they were designed. Just like when God gives us the helmet and the sword and the shield, he knows exactly what we're created to do. And so he sizes. We have the faith to be everything God has called and created us to be. The righteousness that he's given us, we have what it takes to stand in the presence of God, to approach him boldly and to do what he's called and created us to be. He has the sword of the spirit. He has the belt of the truth. Everything is specifically designed for us to win. I mean, that we could go on for hours, just about the...
1: God, I'm happy with that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> just about the importance of that. Uh, because in today's uh... day and age we've got to know how to win mm-hmm. i mean we and i know you hear the same thing you hear people all the time getting taken out by the enemy whether it's suicide whether it's addiction whether it's the family being destroyed mm-hmm. whether whatever the case may be but god didn't intend for that he intended for us he knew exactly the the battles that we were gonna fight but he gave us see we have more power than what we've been walking in, mm-hmm. we have power to come into the family of God. We have power through the Word of God. We have power by the Spirit of God. We have power in the blood. We have power in the name. We have power in prayer. Power in praise. We are designed to overcome no matter what life throws our way. But we've got to stay in the process to learn how to be got, who God has called and created us to be. Wow!
1: How did you get where you are spiritually? Where you're, where you really know this stuff? Do you spend
2: a lot of time in the Word? I do. I do you know when I gave my life to the Lord um, and may this is a good time to my parents did a great job I'd I'd uh, through high school uh, college I would got to the point where of course I was making dumb decisions and you know the whole alcohol the drug that that whole scene and my parents uh, they said Trey you know we love you we're but we're not gonna finance the decisions you're making anymore and I'd quit college and I was living in El Paso uh, with a girl at that time before I was married and this environment was really rough and I went home one weekend
1: it's the typical life of kids yeah.
2: now typical life uh, and I went home one weekend and my when I was leaving my dad came out the back door and tears were just running down his face and he says Trey the Lord show me that you're gonna die if you don't get, get your life right and I was like yeah all right dad you know and I just thought he was just being a parent you know just trying to, trying pull, to yeah, scare
1: you yeah. straight. And so I went back
2: living in the same lifestyle and two weeks later uh, I woke up in the middle of the night. Uh, the guy I was roping with at the time was in the passenger seat and the girl I was dating at the time was in the back seat and I I woke up in the middle of the night and I was running 70 down a four-lane highway with a truck and horse trailer And so when I woke up, I tried to just ease it back onto the highway, and I saw that I wasn't going to make it. There's those big concrete water culverts up ahead of me. Mm -hmm. And so I pulled the truck back over in the middle of it, and I I hit it perfectly with the truck, but the trailer hit it right on. You killed those horses? It did not, (laughs) thank the Lord. Um, and Good so thing for you, buddy. I, I know. It. <laughs> and so it ripped the truck and the trailer apart and just spun us and the truck across the highway. And when I come to a standstill, uh, you know, when I'm spinning, you know how it goes in slow motion. I don't know if you've ever been in a wreck or not, no. but uh, it, things are in slow motion. And as I'm spinning around, I could just see that horse trailer just going end over end over end down the median. And so when we come to a standstill and I realize that we were still alive and everybody's okay, I just took off running to the horse trailer. And when I got there, couldn't get any of the doors open. Horses were just going nuts, kicking and pawing, trying to get out of there. And so by this time, we called somebody called 911, and we're waiting on the jaws of life to get the horses out of the trailer. And I crawl into the top of the trailer, and I squat down in there, and I'm petting on the horses trying to get them to calm down, and, and I remember my dad. I'm sitting in this upside down trailer and there's blood all over the inside of this trailer and I remember my dad saying, Trey, if you don't get your life right, you know, you're going to die. And I I knew that God didn't do that to me. I knew God had spared my life. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And so there in that trailer, I just, I called out to the Lord. I mean that I I made Jesus my Lord and personal Savior. Very simply, it wasn't a, a formal prayer or anything like that. I was a guy in desperation that knew I needed a Savior. And I called on Jesus, and I told him that night in that trailer, either you're real or you're not real. Either what you say in your word is true or it's not true. And from that point on, I've just gone after God with all of my heart. Um, I didn't know I was called to ministry. I didn't know I would be traveling around the world and in rooms with world leaders now and leadership development stuff. And I I just want to know God, and it's still my heart today. I just want to know God. And I told him, I don't want to get up there and say something that isn't real, mm-hmm. That's not. I'm not at least in the process of walking out. I mean, we're all a work in progress, we all make mistakes, but I'm at least going to stay in the game.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I'm going to, I want to stay in the process. So how did I get where I'm at one day at a time? One day at a time of going after God. When I get knocked down, I get back up and I get back in the game. One thing that I've learned over the years is that the quicker we receive the forgiveness that is ours and the quicker we forgive ourselves, the quicker we can get back in the game and move forward. Because either his word is true or it's not true. Mm -hmm. Either he said he forgives us or we either believe it or we don't. Mm -hmm. And so if we truly believe it, how would I act? If I truly believe that God is merciful, how would I act? If I truly believe that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, how would I act? If I truly believe that he hears my prayers, how would I act? It's different than the the way that I used to act. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, one day at a time of going after God, just being real, I I don't want to be religious. I don't want to, I want to know him. I want to walk in his power. I want to walk, if I see it in the Bible, I want it to be in my life.
1: Well, from some of the things we discussed the first time we ever talked on the phone, you've seen them. You've seen the power of God in your life.
2: We see it every week. Mm -hmm. Every week of our life, we see the power of God around the world. That's
1: okay, fine. so where did you find her? Now, wait a minute. Did God first, you see her and God says, she's a warrior, and you're like, ooh, that's who I want.
2: <laughs> yeah. Is that how that works? Uh, no, not not quite. Not quite. <laughs> uh, you know, whenever we met, uh, you know, I, I went through a divorce several years ago when I just moved. <gasps> but uh, you were a pastor. Uh, exactly. Oh, my goodness. You know, who needs the devil when you have nice religious people uh, after you all the time? You know, really? yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, of course. After I went through the divorce, and I have all kinds of ministers and preachers telling me I'll never preach again. You know, just all that mess, and and uh, which I knew. I remember whenever I, I first was getting ordained in the ministry, and I called Glenn and Ann one one day, and well, it was before I was even getting ordained, and I was telling Glenn, I said, uh, "You know, I, I feel like I'm I'm called the ministry." He says, "You're not." <laughs> And I said, I didn't know what to say at the time. It kind of caught me off guard, you know. Uh, and I said, well, I, I feel like I am. He says, you're not. And I started, I, Glenn, I, I really feel like I am. <laughs> and his point was, he says, Trey, if I can talk you out of your calling, the devil can surely talk you out of your calling. That's right. And it's something that stuck with me throughout my life. Uh, and so went through the divorce and I just moved to get back uh, close to my kids you know be within 30 30 miles or so of my kids and so the week that I moved to Burleson that's where Heather lived and that's where I met her um, and so we got to talking and everything and she uh, just started after our first date it was phenomenal you know of course I was attracted to her physically you know and and as we talked, you know, of course, I wanted to be attracted to her spiritually. I wanted to be attracted to her soulishly, um, And so she just told me her story our second day. She says, I've got to put everything out on the line for you to let you know where I've come from and who I am. And if you don't want anything to do with me, I totally understand. And so she was very honest with me about her past and who she was. And so that's, I was like, I'm not going through this again, Lord. I've got to know how you see this woman. And as he began to reveal to me, Who she truly was, the warrior that she truly was—it's—it settled it for me. Um, You know, something that's interesting to me is that
1: here you've gone through this divorce, and you got ministry leaders. God help us, ministry leaders telling you you'll you'll never preach again, blah blah blah. And I'm going to do everything I can to make sure you don't. (laughs) That's their hearts. Yeah, that's what's got to change. It's got to change. And now all of a sudden you've met this gal who didn't have the angelic past that's just so perfect like mine. <laughs> that, that is a total joke. Um, and you have just been the receiver of people condemning you for something that you really didn't have a whole lot of control over. when. When uh, we were talking about the divorce yeah. thing, it's like my my response to that is, well, you know what? You can't make anybody love Jesus.
0: Yeah, you or just can't. That's right. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. And so you've gone through this now. You know, you know what it's like to be yeah kicked in the dirt when you're already down.
2: Yeah. Well, you know the thing is, is is uh i would helped a lot of people through the divorce process before, just pastoring and being in ministry, but going through it myself, I see why people get strung out on drugs, I see why people turn to alcohol, hmm. I see why, because uh, the devil doesn't fight fair. You know what I mean? He doesn't have to.
0: <laughs> He's not the one
2: with laws, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so going through that, I wanted to learn as much as I could. I remember telling the Lord, I want to know that I, I can stand before you. And of course, I didn't do everything perfect and right, but I wanted to learn as much as I could about him and about myself through the process. And so it was almost two and a half, three years before I, uh, I went on a date or anything like that. And then, uh, you know, I met Heather and, you know, here we are. The rest is this uh, history. The rest is history, yeah. And, uh, and so, of course, then we've learned about, and we're still learning about the blended family process. And uh, and But God is faithful. And, and we're continuing to learn every day and our family's getting stronger every day and it's a daily process for sure.
1: You know that's a really encouraging word for people because they look at you when you're in ministry and they think oh your life is so perfect if only they knew, <laughs> yeah, right? I know, it, there's like no end to the challenges and the, and the the test that we face, Yeah. you know? But man I don't know about you, brother. Actually, I do. You have set your face like flint yes. to serve the Lord, and by God, you're going to do it. That's right. That is right. That's one of my favorite, favorite scriptures. Yes. Therefore, I
3: have. Okay, so can we hear a little bit of your story? <laughs> so when I was eight, my parents divorced, and so I had to grow up really fast. Um, my mom worked all the time, and of course, my dad was not in the home anymore. And
1: Was he anywhere close?
3: Yes, we got to see him on the weekends. Um, my parents, they knew of God, and my granny, my dad's mom, um, would always read the Bible to me. But as far as like being active in church and like having that relationship mm-hmm. with God, that was not part of um, my everyday bringing up. Wow. Um, we would go to church on Easter and Christmas, and I remember doing um, vacation Bible schools during the summer and my granny but every summer I would stay with my granny a lot and she would always read me the bible and she taught me a lot she was planting that seed in me. what she was doing <laughs> oh yeah. she was and between her and my mom praying for me I mean that's really what got me through the next se- season of my life okay so
1: where was your mom though in, in all of this since your parents divorced mm-hmm. and your mom's working
3: all the time um, I was home with my brother my brother's four years younger and so I would I. I feel like I raised my brother uh, because my mom had to work all the time and she had to travel to work Um, and so I would cook, I would clean, I would do the laundry. Uh, I remember and I would get us ready for school, I mean she was getting ready too but I just and I have a very strong motherly instinct about me so he was my baby and uh, (laughs) yes and so that is how my childhood. And I remember my parents on the weekends they would drink and they would party and Um, Just not knowing the seeds that parents plant, uh, just being unaware of a brokenhearted kid seeing, oh, that looks fun and I'm not having any fun on the inside. Well, I'm going to do that when I grow up. And I mean, I purposed in my heart when I was old enough to get away from them, I was going to party and I was going to do that. And so about 14, I started stealing my mom's wine. And 15, I started smoking marijuana. And 16, I started doing cocaine. Uh, 17, I started doing uh, methamphetamines, and I dropped out of school two months before I was supposed to graduate. And I was actually very gifted in running, and, um, but you can't, the more I got involved in the drugs, you can't really run really fast when your heart's going really fast, <laughs> so. <laughs> That's kind of a drawback. Yeah, it doesn't really work out <laughs> so well. Um, so I uh, dropped out of high school two months before I was supposed to graduate, and I didn't really see my family for about two years just with the methamphetamines and just being in a different world, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And my mom would always try to find me and try, she would leave notes on my cars and just trying to, like, you've got to get your life right, and I didn't want to hear anything about it.
1: Was her life right?
3: Um, She had gotten remarried um, to a gentleman, and uh, so...
1: So she she was working on it?
3: uh, Yes. And... um, so, okay, Heather, just yes. so you know, yes,
1: you don't have to come from a broken home, right, to get involved in all this stuff at a very young age.
3: Yeah, that's true, I that's mean, very true. You haven't met
1: my parents yet, mm-hmm. you will be meeting them later today, okay, but um from the time I was probably eight years old, about the same, mm-hmm. they were really serving the Lord. Guess who got real rebellious? I was doing all the same things that you were doing yeah. at the same age, except for the meth. Yeah. And my parents were godly people. Yeah. So you know what? Here's what I believe. I believe that in the spirit realm, The enemy can see things about us that we don't know yet. Right. And he does his darndest to take us out. He hates all of us. Oh,
0: yes.
1: (laughs) Right. But when you've got that little mark on you, there's some kind of little mark. I really believe that he sees it and he takes aim.
3: Yes.
1: Okay, Mm -hmm. sorry to interrupt.
3: Um, So the the people I was running with... um, a lot of them ended up dead. Um, some of them suicide, some of them drug overdoses, a lot of them went to prison. So that whole little ring of friends that I was running with for those few years, it kind of just dissipated um, because of prison or death. And so I was at that point wow. like, okay, well now what do I do? And my mother took me to a Heaven's Gates, Hell's Fury.
2: The, always, hell's flames.
3: always get it wrong, the name of it. And <laughs> then that's where I was, I realized that I will go to hell if i don't have jesus as my lord and savior and so i made jesus the lord of my life that day got baptized in the river there in san angelo it's actually a lake there in san angelo a few weeks later Um, but nothing changed in my life because nobody taught me that i needed to renew my mind to the word of god nobody taught me that I needed to leave these friends. And they, you know, it was just kind of like fire insurance. Okay, you're not going to hell now. Yeah, go back and live your life. That's because everybody skips apart, part, go and make disciples. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) yes. And so, but something was different on the inside of me from that day forward. Um, I continued using drugs for the next eight years um and but something was different in me i was the Mm -hmm. girl that would be using drugs that wanted to talk about jesus and freak everybody out in the room (laughs) and they're like what is wrong with this girl like are you a cop i'm like no i'm not a cop but let's talk about the lord and they're like no i don't really want to do that right now (laughs) Um, i would eventually leave san angelo and move to fort worth um, and got involved with the same kind of people because no matter where you go there you are Mm -hmm. And there i was attracted the same kind of people and i started using heroin and I knew that uh, within the first two weeks of using that, I was going to have to go to a treatment center because
1: it was bad. It
3: was really bad. And you would get sick if you didn't have it. And it was like, oh, my gosh. And so I'm in these places in Fort Worth getting these drugs that you see in the movies. And um, it was like, was it scary? Um, well, because I had such a pride about myself and I was very rebellious. And you ain't going to tell me. And I have always been a fighter. And I've always been very strong-willed. Um, it didn't scare me because, like, I'll take you out. You're not going to take me out. Well, I didn't even have a gun. I mean, they had guns. And it didn't bother me, but just ignorance.
1: Bulletproof. Bulletproof Yeah, and Heather. just
3: the pride, ego, um, which could have got me really hurt, but the Lord protected me through all of that. And, um... So I had several overdoses, uh, I can, I'd i have to count up all the times I went to treatment center, but I eventually got in trouble. I um, got arrested with heroin, cocaine, pills, marijuana. Um, and I went to a lawyer that happened to be a recovered alcoholic and sent me to this really good treatment center. And um, so I started, because prior to that, I had been to several detox centers, but it didn't work. And um, as far as and in my heart, I wasn't, the case I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. Um, I was to the point where I was ready crying out, like, Lord, like just help me. Um, Getting high when you didn't want to get high, and then the feeling and the shame and the guilt of getting high when you don't really want to, but you don't know another way out. Mm -hmm. Um, Went to the lawyer, sent me to the treatment center. I started doing the 12-step program. Now, I'm not an advocate of 12-step programs, even though it did help me. I believe that it's a stepping stone, but I don't believe in walking into that room every day and declaring over yourself that you're an addict or an alcoholic because that's bondage. Um, can it bring relief? Yes, but Jesus is the only way to get released from any yeah. of that mm-hmm. stuff. And so it is a stepping stone, but it's not where you would want to stay. My experience <laughs> anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, well, it makes sense because the power of life and death is in the yes, tongue. Yeah. And if you're hearing yourself say every single day, yes. I'm a loser, right? you know, whether you're feeling like you're a loser or not, right? It, well, it
3: doesn't matter. It's what you are declaring about yourself. Exactly. And in the room, some of the people have an issue with Jesus, and they don't want, and they call him the power, power, or, you know, use the doorknob. No, 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 let's get real. I mean, and t- the AA program was based biblically, but people have taken it and now they've gotten so far away from it that it's now it's
1: politically correct yeah and it's just
3: like y'all gotta be kidding me like Jesus is the only way any of you are going to get free and Mm -hmm. change your mind and change your thinking but there's not a lot of in the in the room but I don't want to get stuck on that so um I did that and I kept growing and learning and I and I did all of you know the 12 steps and then I got to a point where I wasn't interested in that anymore because I knew there was more um and I got this really good job as somebody with my background, you know, because I had been arrested several times. And so, like on paper, you go like this, and it's all these, you know, arrest charges, drug charges, you know, and it's like, oh, bless the Lord. And so it was kind of hard. It got to the point it was kind of hard to get a good job because of my criminal background. And then I got this really good job making really good benefits, um, and I was like, yes, thank you, Jesus. Well, um, about, you know, three or four months in, and it was a closed-door pharmacy. I saw drugs coming in one way, going out another way. Mm, Something wasn't right here. But because of how I grew up in the drug world, like you don't tell on people, like the loyalty was in the wrong place because I'm a very loyal person. Long story short, the feds come in, we all go to jail, um, and I'm going to federal prison because of my criminal background. Not that I knew anything particular. I mean, I knew stuff wasn't right, but I didn't know
1: right
3: all of the stuff you know come to find out the dea licenses were fake and i mean it was just a big i mean it was something out of a movie it really was and it was my life and i would make a good movie it it really would (laughs) make a good movie so a lot of us went to prison um and i went because of my criminal background and um two years on probation or on pre-release or i can't remember what they called it um it took two years to actually go to trial through the feds and in that time um I was in this relationship and I got pregnant. The judge, the federal judge, sentenced me to 22 months in federal prison when I was eight months pregnant with my daughter. Wow. And um, he was kind enough to let me have my daughter and spend a month with her um, before I had to go release or turn myself in. So I did that and I remember standing at the prison gates holding my baby, just sobbing. Oh, yeah. Like, Lord, what is going on? <laughs> But i knew um once again that god didn't put me there um these were just circumstances and consequences of a life lived outside of the will of god Mm -hmm. and so i went to prison and my mother brought my daughter to me every weekend and um yes everybody finds jesus in jail um you know people say that actually you already had yes i did and the lord i was in every bible study i was and these little sweet ladies would bring um these little Beth Moore Bible studies in and of course I was at everything to grow spiritually and I was hungry now you know that. you
1: need to be a disciple yes right?
3: yes and I'm hungry and I'm growing and I'm changing and I get out of prison and it's like okay so now I've got a 22 month old actually she was 24 months when I got out um, I'm back at home with my parents and okay and it was really hard because i remember coming home and my daughter crying and she favored my mother over me well yeah i was like uh back up this is my kid <laughs> <laughs> and it just hurt my heart like mm-hmm. that is my baby and um, so there was a huge you know transition period um and it wasn't very easy and then the devil came with the shame and the guilt and the look at what you did and i started drinking again
1: here here's the thing about the devil He's the one who talks us into doing all the stuff, yeah. and then
3: when we do all the stuff, he's
1: like, "You're such a loser." Yeah. Right?
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's like Wait it's a, a double minute. whammy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yes. So I started How did drinking. That work out
1: with your mom? Um, was that really stressful? Yes, it
3: was, and especially when I started drinking again, and then she's like, "Heather, like, what are you doing?" And I'm like, "Like, I just feel like so down here. I mean, I feel worthless. I feel unworthy. I feel like a horrible mother." And then it just i mean in the in the pressure i can't i don't know how to put into words but it was like i knew what i was doing was wrong and i didn't want to do it but the it was i mean it was like literal pressure on your chest and in your mind just drink just drink just drink it's a solution it's you know it's a release and then you do it and then i finally was like
0: mm-hmm.
3: it was just the holy spirit on the inside of me not knowing what it was at the time um and then but the whole time i'm drinking I am trying not to drink and I'm going to church and the Lord really just in my heart was like you've got to get connected with women and because of my past I didn't really like girls a whole lot but the (laughs) Lord worked on me with that in prison and I I started having those relationships with girls and seeing that if you leave the drugs aside women aren't all bad and and we do need each other and we can build each other up and we can lift each other up with a right heart, and if we're going for Jesus, then we all should be on the same page. So I got involved at this church, got involved with a women's Bible study, um, started having the women's Bible study in my home, um, started uh, started leading the women's Bible study in my home, and then I met Trey, and I was still, um, I had quit drinking at that point, um, but I was still on antidepressants, you know, because of the generational thing, my family on my mom's side. it was like everybody had to be on antidepressants or any something or another, you know, to calm your nerves or whatever. And so. To help you forget your problems. Oh yeah. and That's just, what they do. Just yeah. mask it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and so met Trey and Trey started talking to me about, okay, you have dominion. You have authority. You ha- I mean, you've got to start opening your mouth and fighting back. And I was like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, what do you mean open my mouth? And just declaring god's word over my life and my situation and resisting the devil and resisting those thoughts and when i started doing that things really started changing and um, we got married and i stopped taking the antidepressants and i stopped taking that the headache pills because that was one of the things the devil really put on me was like migraine headaches and these um what are the panic attack things mm-hmm. and like my whole body would break out in red hives and trey was like no like you resist that and i like started just Opening my mouth and resisting it and it actually worked and i was like oh my gosh this stuff really works this is amazing <laughs> like why didn't anybody tell me but in a oh. denomination top setting sometimes they don't believe that's in, right in gifts of the spirit and healing and it's just and like authority yeah and dominion and authority is huge especially mm-hmm. when the devil is trying to attack you like that and i was like wow like why don't people know this stuff like it's so freeing and um, then we got <laughs> married. Well, when I met Trey, and I was like, "Okay, so I really got to tell you all this, because like if you're a preacher, I don't really think that I'm like preacher wife qualified, because <laughs> um, my past <laughs> is really like very colorful." And so I told him, and um, he was like, "You know, it doesn't matter. God can use that." Yes. And um, so I really thought once we got married that I was just going to sit on the pew in the church and just like pray for <laughs> people like this. And about a year in, uh, I went to a women's conference uh. in Colorado, and the Lord, that's when He revealed to me that He saw me as a warrior. And I, again, I've always known that I've had fight in me, mm-hmm. um, and the shame and the guilt that comes from my past. He's like, oh, no, no. Like, I want you to stand before people, and I want you to tell them what I've done in your life. Mm-hmm. Tell them that right. I'm the same God, yeah. that I haven't changed, mm-hmm. that what I did for you, I can do for them. And I was like, and I want to. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. Um. And it took me a minute to get really willing because I was like, because of the shame and the guilt. But once I dealt with mm-hmm. the shame and the guilt, then I was like, let me loose. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, it's been quite the journey because it's been really hard. And the Lord's been dealing with me lately, um, with the fruits of the spirit. Because of where I've come out of, I've been so rough, and I had to be rough and tough mm-hmm. to survive. People will like come at us, and Trey's like, Heather. It's only an anointed word of God that's going to change somebody because, you know, they'll yeah. try to attack him. I'm like, I'm going to tell them about themselves. He's like, no, you're not. Not unless it's anointed, like, and I'm very rough, like It'd be
1: hard to be married to a preacher. Yes,
3: <laughs> but the Lord has talked to me that he can't fully use me if I'm not loving and kind and gentle. But that warrior spirit, I've got to learn mm-hmm. how. And so it's been, it's been quite the, it's been fun. But it's been hard, and anybody that doesn't know who they are and what they're called to do, I mean, the devil will try to take you out, and and, and he has tried several times. And I'm so thankful that I've had Trey in there just speaking the word to me mm-hmm. and that warrior just to come back alive, because the devil will definitely try to suck it out of you, fight it out of you. But, He'll try to kill you. Oh, he really will. Yeah, he's stupid.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> he, he is, but... We're not too smart ourselves because we do some really lame things. Yes. So how are we going to teach people about authority? See, your life. I love your life. You know, when you think about um, one of the big news things right now, so many people dying from opioid addiction and blah, 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 blah. There's no places. There's no halfway houses. There's nothing there. You know, there's nothing for them. And I'm like, church? this is a problem because we dropped the ball right Mm -hmm. we should know about authority we should know about discipleship and we should never ever 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 bring somebody to the lord without doing our utmost to get them discipled
2: right
0: Right? right
2: and that's you know one thing that Heather and I are both very passionate about is just teaching people the reality uh, of the truth of God's Mm -hmm. Word. You know, whenever I gave my life to the Lord and I went back, I still went back into that same environment I was in. and You know, you had drugs laid out everywhere. And I remember having a Gideon's Bible that I'd found in the hotel room. And I went in the bathroom and just held it on my chest um, knowing that it was the answer. And just had such a desire for freedom. And I, I found Proverbs chapter four, verse twenty, and I don't even remember what translation it was, but it says it's my son be addicted to my word. That spoke my language. It's
1: the Gideon edition. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but when I when I saw the, the word addicted, I knew what that was like. Mm-hmm. I knew that I would do anything mm-hmm. to whenever you're addicted to something. So I started trying to overdose on the word of God and Good you, plan planned it was right? awesome you yeah. know there there was no side effects negative side effects the only side effects was deliverance <laughs> yep. freedom i began to discover god's will and plan for my life what he had for me discover his heart his mind his motive and that's still the way we are today mm-hmm. is is lord we want to be addicted to your word we want to be addicted to your presence no matter what we're going through in life that really is the answer you know jesus is the way is not just a cliche i mean it really is the truth mm-hmm. when when we're real with God and we're real with ourselves, and we're not just playing church, but but we're after the heart of God. We're 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 after it. And
1: playing church does nothing but make people miserable. Get right. your tail
2: kicked is yeah. what it does. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. If you want to have an exciting life, it is a a life of being addicted to God. Yeah, really, right. yep. it truly is. Yes. See, I think that the world, especially the U.S., is in such bad shape right now. Uh huh that it's gonna take people like Mm -hmm. us who have been there and we know the power of God to redeem and not just restore but make us better than we ever thought we could be
2: that's right and that's whenever God starts restoring something he doesn't just bring us back to the original he doesn't use old parts no he makes us better, improved, stronger, mm-hmm. quicker, faster. Yes. I mean, he's mm-hmm. just everything God does is better.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And every time the enemy takes you down, when you're seeking the Lord, if he takes you down, you know what it becomes? A weapon to you. Yeah. Because you know this is how he works, and now you can warn people about it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep.
2: Yeah. And that's our heartbeat. And everything that we do, you know, whether it's ministry, leadership, rodeoing. Um, Is we want people to know God and we want them to be the best them they can be Um, and so you you can't substitute a true relationship with God there's no drug there's no money there's no success there's nothing that can fulfill the void in your life like the presence of God can Um, so you can be going through hell on earth and still be at peace on the inside Mm -hmm. and that is a great place to Mm -hmm. live um, but we can also be going through hell and feel like hell. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and that's not fun to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, Heather and I, are, we, we tell the Lord all the time, you know, it's how thankful we are that we get to be a part of what He's doing, you know, around the world. And, and we're going to stay focused on Him, keep growing us and being the best us we can be. Yes. And so
1: making the choices together.
2: Yeah. Yes.
1: I want to go back funny. to something you said that is really interesting in fact it was a week ago Mm -hmm. that I was talking to a gal on the phone and I told you know I used to hate women Mm -hmm. and I mean (laughs) I hated them they were so mean they were Mm -hmm. so nasty all the time it just didn't you know it's like how's that coming along with you
3: oh um, I thought being naive um, that uh, I was going to get married to Trey and everybody in the church was going to be like really nice, like Christian women are going to be really nice Yay. to me. Yeah, like Hi, they were too, welcome. weren't they? Yeah, no. <laughs> and um, it was it took me back a minute, but mm-hmm. because I do know who I am and I've always been pretty confident in myself, um, it's like okay and uh, I'm just gonna love you anyway, and I'm gonna make sure and purpose in myself that I don't make somebody else feel the way that I have seen or been made felt. Mm-hmm. Been made felt, is that good English? It's good. it, it yeah. flows. Yeah. And um, so, I don't know necessarily why it is, um, but I know that for us, it's, it's unacceptable for me, and the Lord really talks to me and uses, because I am so new and some people are pretty seasoned where we go and they've been in ministry a long time, Mm -hmm. I think they might become numb and it's just, um, it just becomes a way of life for them maybe without them even knowing it. But um, for us, we just wanna love people and you can't love people or women if you're being judgmental or if you're being hard or harsh or just not very pretty with your attitude. And I just wanna make sure that like our lights shine and that we're welcoming to people, and we love them, and I'm not sure what the deal is with women exactly. Trey might could. I could tell you. Okay, let's hear it.
1: (laughs) And I got a perfect example for you. Her name is Melania Trump.
3: She's drop dead
1: gorgeous. Yes. She speaks seven languages. And yet they still falter, why? Because we're jealous.
3: Yeah, and they're insecure.
1: That's right. See, this this is the thing. Until, until you find your wholeness in the Lord. Yes. You're gonna be insecure. You're gonna be jealous. Right. See, I walked in the room and I looked at you and I went, "Wow, you're beautiful." Thank you. And that it doesn't bother me to tell you that. Right. You you don't intimidate
2: me. Isn't that freeing?
1: You're just beautiful. (laughs) Right. And God can really use you. Yeah. What he can do is is use you to help other women see it's not what's on the outside right it's what's on the inside yes you know beauty skin deep ugly goes clear to the bone oh hello yes there's nothing <laughs> worse than a, a woman with a beautiful package who has an ugly heart right yeah you don't want to go near her. right you sure don't want to hear what she has to say right fruit that we bear is everything. That's nice. And Jesus told us that one thing is the greatest of all that. What is that? Yeah, love. Love.
0: Yeah.
1: Love. <laughs> love. And it doesn't have nothing to do with jealousy. Right. Yeah. Nothing. And that's
2: why it's such an important uh, decision to be in the process. You know, fruit is just excess life, that there's so much life flowing from the vine to the branches that it has to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that's when Jesus said, when you abide in me and I'm going to abide in you, and you abide in my word, and my word abides in you, his will has to go somewhere. And that's when it comes out in the form of fruit, answered prayer, discovered destiny, renewed mind, answer to prayer, direction, wisdom. It's just excess life. But he says apart from him, we can do nothing. If we're not connected to him, there's not excess life flowing from him into us so his will can come to pass in our life. You know, years ago, I was filling up a horse water trough and sometimes, I don't know if you've ever done this or not, but I was, you'd fill up the water troughs and it would just push out the grasshoppers and the moss and the feed and everything else. And you'd just sit there and let it run. And he says, Trey, if you'll do that with my word to your heart, I'll push out everything that is not of me. And that just, it clicked with me. You know, of how important the process is to keep the Word of God mm-hmm. flowing in our eyes and our ears and our heart and we do that his will has to come to pass. Mm-hmm. In Romans 12 2 he says don't be conformed to the world but be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove prove not guess not wish not hope not wonder prove what is a good acceptable and perfect will of God I want the perfect will of God Heather wants the perfect will of God mm-hmm. you want the perfect will of God but our job our part is to continue change the way we think, mm-hmm. which will eventually change the way we live.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Daily process.
1: And hopefully it'll change the church. You know, when I came to the Lord, now I, I just already told you how I was raised.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but when I finally came to the Lord, I was 27. And when I came to the Lord, I was like the last place I want to be is in a church. Yeah, I grew just, up there. Yeah. I knew what they were like. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, out in the world, I know who my friends are. Yeah. You know, the funny thing is in ministry all these years later, it's still true. The part that you never know who your friends are in ministry. Have you found that in ministry? Oh,
2: yeah. And that's why it's so important, you know, uh, of, of finding the right relationships that we can be real with and we know that they've got our back and um, and that's why we do what we do is because I believe the church is, is going to have to change. Right. The, the church, the people, we as a whole, we've got to continue to change mm-hmm. in order for us to be the agents of change in the world. But we've right. got to start with us. We can't give something we don't have. Okay. So if we're in the process of changing us and we're real and we're not just being religious and going through the motions, then we have something to offer. And if each person in the church has that same heartbeat and the same mindset, well then we do have answers.
0: Mm.
2: We can make a difference we can bring value to the world wherever we go you know there's a
1: couple of things when you're when you're dealing with people that are are in the church or they're in ministry especially if they're leadership and they they're doing things that they know good and well according to scripture they shouldn't be doing they could right. be one of two things it could be a tear uh-huh. and you're sitting there looking at them and going you know if you do that to me I can't imagine what you're doing to everybody else But the bottom line is sometimes those people are doing what they're doing because it's what they're accustomed to doing and receiving. That's what they're accustomed to. Yeah. So we have to, to, yes, let the Lord so live his life in us that regardless of what other people are doing we can still pray for them truly from our hearts praying for them Lord they have no clue what they're doing
2: yeah.
1: is so offensive to you or they would never do that Yeah,
2: and it makes me call out in my heart God help, help us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lord help us be merciful help us be That's gracious right. help us be doers of the word Lord mm-hmm. if there's any area of our life that we're deceived in and we're not applying the word Shine your light on it. Show us. We want to make the correction. Show us, you know, because that could just as well be us as it is them. That's right. Mm-hmm. And keeping that in mind, it it helps us show mercy. It helps us <laughs> what be is forgiving. A,
1: what's that scripture about? Uh, when you're thinking about, well, you know, somebody demands your coat, then you give them your your shirt. Give them your coat too. Or and right. you're thinking about, well, this is a Roman soldier, you know. Well, you know what? Sometimes turning the other cheek is to somebody in the church yeah that's who you're rubbing elbows with
2: anytime we have to deal with people it's opportunity to grow in our love walk (laughs) that's (laughs) right but see the thing
1: is too is that there's those new believers that they're just beginning to get a clue that maybe they need some discipleship Mm -hmm. maybe they need to spend time with people that they can trust yeah and they're watching your behavior
0: right Yep.
1: they're watching their behavior and they're like well i don't want to be like that i want to be like that i want to be like that
3: that's the good thing about trey is and that's what i because um, at first you know you okay he's a preacher are we going to do like the stage act and then have a different life and that's not trey i mean he is the same no matter where he is even with the kids, I mean, he's always loving and kind and patient, and it's been a testament to me to watch him because I'm not always so loving and kind and patient, just the roughness, (laughs) but, I mean, I'm just being real. But Trey is the same with everybody across the board, and that's what, especially the younger generation, they're seeking, you know, they see Mm -hmm. preachers do one thing on the pulpit and then they see them live a different life mm-hmm. and they're like okay i don't want anything to do with that because it's not real and they're seeking transparency they're yeah. seeking realness they want truth and they don't know what truth is if you're saying one thing and doing another okay well what's the truth and so it's very and that's why i mean it's an honor to be married to him but to do the ministry and life with him because what we say is what we do what we say is what we live it's not one thing over here and one thing over here so daily process very much so
1: (laughs) (laughs) i don't i don't really think that because of all that you've been through in your life i don't think you could
3: live a life like that i don't think you could sit and be a hypocrite at all and that's trey's trying to teach me because i see a lot of stuff and he's trying to teach me okay but you i'm like well that's not right and i because i do have such a sense of um, right and
0: wrong what's righteousness righteousness
3: um that it makes me like, angry, like, oh my gosh, they're what they're doing is not right. And he's like, Heather, you got to handle it in love. So I'm thankful to be attached to him in my early walk. Can I ministry. smack them and, and then handle Pray it for in off- love? That's right. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes that's a, I actually say that a lot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no wonder I like you guys. Yeah. <laughs> okay, don't go away. We're going to be back right after this break, and hopefully, we'll get to hear a whole lot more of their story and some of the wonderful things that have happened. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, welcome back to the second hour. I'm trying not to laugh over what she just said. Okay. <laughs> so here we are. And I don't even know where to start in this hour. Because I'm just so overwhelmed with what the Lord has done in your lives. And how you're are you passionate, Heather? Are you passionate to see people set free
3: yes ma'am very much so that's one of the words described to use both of us was how passionate we are and sometimes it causes us to because we are so very passionate people um we can have some passionate conversations
2: yeah. <laughs> <an> intense fellowship <laughs> intense
3: fellowship that's it. that's it That's good. okay so
1: that's not the kind of passionate that i'm talking about i'm, I'm talking about when you for people yeah when you especially you know it's like nobody ever told you you like needed to spend time in the word you needed to be discipled god literally had to put you in a situation Mm -hmm. where you would have never chosen that situation but putting you in that situation actually gave you the time you needed to learn about him,
3: yes, right? He, he actually used, yes, the consequences of my life. I mean, sure, he could have changed the course of it, um, and I know like that he didn't put, He would have
1: if he'd have listened.
3: Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, and I was in that situation, and he did use it to um, mm-hmm. just start the word, the process of getting the word in me, and there was always a hunger and always a desire, and I remember when I was pregnant with Chloe, um, I put those little headphones on my belly, and I would read the Bible to her. I got a little one-year Bible, you know, for babies, and I would read the Word to her. Um, and uh, the night that I had my daughter, I was trying to watch Word on the TV. Um, There's always been the hunger. And I remember one time when I was in um, one of the 12-step meetings, and. They were praying um, over a meal or whatever, and I was like, "Man, just the hunger on the inside of me." I was like, "I need. We need to pray more." And of course, you can't really pray certain prayers, you know, because of the political thing of it. But, and I remember one guy saying, "You've got a hunger on the inside of you for the Word of God. You really need to like fill that." And those words, and I've told Trey that before, that those ro- words still ring in my head that there is a hunger and a desire. And when we go into these churches, um, That we're there to bring change, we're there to break chains and the bondages to be removed because some of these churches we go into, um, we're like a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. um, to them. And it's, it's sad to me that um, I don't feel like they get the word that they need all the time to break them free from that, that they just, they keep going around the same mountain and it's like, well, like do this and apply it and actually do it. And um, there's more than just getting saved. There's more than just going to heaven. There's more to salvation than just, yay, I'm going to heaven. I mean, there's so much more. I mean, the dominion and the authority and the healing and the prosperity and everything that comes along with salvation that's not really taught in some places and it's like, man, you're really missing out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it just, it makes our hearts sad, but then it drives that desire and that passion. Mm-hmm. Man, we've got to get the, you know, we've got to teach them. I mean, if who's not?
2: You know, one thing the Lord told us years ago, because, you know, there's times that we'll travel all over the country to churches and not will give us nothing, you know. And, and of course, God's always they, been faithful. They
1: give you a pat on the back, though, right? Uh, sometimes. Not necessarily.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, and it, and it costs a lot to do what we do. Mm-hmm. But the Lord said years ago that, trade. don't you rob the smaller churches just because you have been robbed. I'm a head of the accounting department and I will take care of you. Mm-hmm. And he, he always has. And because of that, uh, that us knowing that, uh, it allows us to go into churches totally free from men and free from money mm-hmm. and really with an assignment mindset. That, that we are here for people, and that we do want to focus our passion and the anointing of God in us and on us and through us to set them free and mm-hmm. to help them. You know, and it's so fun to go into the denominational churches and build relationships with the pastors that at one time, they might, all oh, they've just learned, they have a head full of knowledge but no experience, and then they get turned on. I mean, they have an experience with the, the power of God. They get filled with the Spirit. They're... Then the church totally turns around. That that is uh, that's fun. You know, like as Eleanor Doan said, you know, you can't light a fire in somebody else's life until it's first lit in your own. Mm-hmm. And so that that's fun uh, to go in and to see the leadership get a hold of the power of God and the presence of God and the fire of God, and then it changes their church, regardless of what the name is on the building.
1: How do you um, go to those churches? I mean. Do they book you? Do they? They, do. they say, "Hey Trey, we heard about you and Heather, Come light our fire, or something like that."
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, of course, some. People, of course, if, if you're watching tonight, you know, you can go to TreyJohnsonMinistries.com and all the information is on there. How to get a hold of us, um, but through relationships, you know, over the years, uh, through uh, mainly that's what it's come down to. People come, they hear somewhere, they go back, they let their pastor know. And the pastor gets on our website and listens to our teachings or read about our story or. Uh, Follows us on social media or whatever the case may be. And then the next thing you know, they ask us to come into their church or businesses. You know, I'll do a lot of leadership stuff in the corporate world. And it's neat how God used that too, where I might go into a school system or something like that and and teach leadership development to 200 of the faculty um, and leave out scripture and verse. But then there's still 20 to 30 teachers lined up for me to pray with them. After, after it's over mm-hmm. in a public school setting. Mm-hmm. I mean, only God can do stuff mm-hmm. like that. And that's so fun. Or, you know, I get asked to speak at a graduation and 30 people accept the Lord. Right before I step up, I ask the superintendent, now, how much freedom do I have? He says, Trey, you have total freedom. And at graduation, have 30 people accept the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's fun. You know, that is so fun. And, and only the favor of God and only, you know, only He can do stuff like that.
1: You know, you had said earlier that it's not us it's nothing we can do can ever set anybody free you know what i can even i can speak the word to you
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but unless the lord himself quickens it to your spirit
2: yeah forget it well jesus said the words i speak to you they're spirit and life and at at a young age i remember I, i knew the difference between somebody who just had a head full of knowledge i didn't know what it was at the time and then somebody that there was there was power. It was real to them. Uh, they wasn't just speaking something out of their mouth. You could tell there was weight to it in their life. Right. And um, and so that's something I mean, we endeavor to, we just want to live it. We want to know God, you know, and we want the same God that we know. Because, you know, when I say every week, you know, I was doing a roping school a couple of weeks ago, and um, we're in there and we're going over we were videoing their runs and I'm going through and talking about their horsemanship and their roping, and they come in the room and and this guy holds up the radar uh, on it. He has one of the big phones, you know. Holds it up. Look, the tornado—it's right here. It's coming right at us, and just permeates the room with fear, you know. And go, go, get your horses and the trucks and trailers and all this type of stuff. I said, "Whoa!" I said that tornado's not coming near this near us. Period. And I just begin to speak to the high and low pressures and speak to the, you know, and just commanding it to reroute itself and to go around. And there's story. And, and sure, five minutes, sun shining. I mean, birds chirping, it was phenomenal because you could just see it coming and it just rerouted exactly what we told it to do. But that isn't anything we can do in ourselves. but in Christ Jesus, Jesus, they gave, He gave us that dominion and authority and He expects us to use it. And we see stuff like that all the time. You know, I, several months ago I was roping there at the house and um, went inside and I was gone for a while, come back out and one of the steers was dead, and it just ticks me off. I don't like being the enemy robbing from my life, period. And so I'm asking the Lord, okay, Lord, what, what do you want me to do in this situation? And this the Spirit of God just started, you know, prompting me, reminding me I'm a tither. Malachi chapter 3, verses 10 through 12, that because of my tithe, he opens the windows of heaven. He promises that he rebukes the devourer for my sake. And so I just rebuked the Spirit of death and commanded the Spirit of life to come back in that steer. And within a minute, that steer was standing up on his feet. And he became the fastest steer in the pen. I called him Lazarus after that day. I mean, because he went <laughs> But, but that isn't just for preachers. See, I don't look at myself as a preacher. Yes, I've discovered I'm called to the ministry, and it's part of what I do, but I'm just a man that loves God. And I know a lot of preachers that never see anything like that. Mm-hmm. They never see the blind eyes open or the deaf ears open, and, and that's supposed to be a normal thing for us as God's children. He says, be imitators of Him as dear children, and that's what Jesus did. I mean, Jesus walked around in his dominion and authority mm-hmm. and he gave that same dominion and authority to us.
1: Yeah, and said greater things.
2: The greater that we're greater. supposed to do greater. greater right. um, but it once again it comes back down to the daily process. You know, it comes back down to this isn't a job to me, it's not a job to Heather. It's a, a not something well, Oh crud, we better get ready for a, a meeting or something. <laughs> no, I, I want it to be I want it to be an overflow, you know. Mm-hmm. I want it to, to, to be real and to be alive and because You know, just a few months ago, we were in Las Vegas, December, um, out there at the National Finals Rodeo, and they have some outdoors ropings there. And and last year, they had me come and do a service there for a few days. And every morning at 8 o'clock in Las Vegas, we're outside in the desert. It's cold. You're thinking, there's nobody going to show up at 8 o'clock in the morning, is what your natural mind's thinking, you know. They'd never hadn't had this before. Well, every day, there would be a couple hundred people show up, different groups of people, and they'd be out there with their beer and smoking and everything else, you know, and I'm like, yeah, baby, this is what I'm after. I love shoving it up the devil's nose like that, and so this year, they said, Trey, can you come out every year, and so we, Heather and I was out there, and was out there for uh, 10 days, and I think I did 12 services out there during that time, and every day, it's a new group of people, and 10, 15 people would accept the Lord every single day, and But the first day I preached and I was I was competing on the first day, so I preached that morning. I was getting ready to compete. My phone rings and it's Heather. She says Trey, you've got to get to the arena. And so I turn around and somebody was already loping towards me to get my horse from me. So I just took off running to the arena, and I jumped the fence. And sure enough, this kid was laid out there in the arena, and the EMTs were already out to him, and he couldn't breathe and he was already purple, you know. And I mean, I've seen a lot of horse wrecks in, in my life, and I mean, the kid was dead. And as I'm running to him, I just start commanding commanding life to come into him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet and just resisting the spirit of death. You can't take this child. It is not God's will for this kid to be done with his assignment. He still has a full life ahead of him. He just continued to pray and sure enough, the uh, he started responding and things like that. And they took him to the hospital and he went into coma. His brain was swelling, bleeding and Heather and I went up to the hospital and Talk to the family about creating an environment of faith and not getting into fear and, and watching their words, you know, and just staying in alignment with God's Word and God's will. And, and so the doctor said, okay, we're going to take the kid off. We don't know if he's going to make it or not, uh, you know, and they started taking him off the machine. He started responding. Well, long story short, Amy, within three days I was up there and they released the kid yes. completely healed. Nothing wow. wrong with him whatsoever. Total a miracle of God, and we've had testimony after testimony ever since then of people that were sitting in the stands The EMT lady says she's never seen like that before in her life um, And and just people that didn't know the Lord that experienced that come up to us and say listen I've never seen anything like that before in my life, but I, I know that it's real um, And that's the day and age that we live in that God wants to be God Right. He wants to show up in people's lives. It's not just for the church. It's not just for the, in the four walls. He wants to be real at the grocery store. He wants to be real at the rodeo. He wants to be real on the oil field and you know the oil rig. He wants to be real in every area of our life because He is real.
0: Right.
2: He is. And uh, you know that's we, that's going to become the norm.
0: Yes, It's
1: going to yeah. have to. Mm-hmm. You know we yeah. see that the enemy is just going nuts yeah in, anymore and uh, we're not even like it is in the days of noah yet right. and it's so bad but the lord promised that he was going to pour out his spirit That's right. that much more yeah when the enemy started ramping up yeah you know so we are going to really see the power of god move yeah you know i've heard um I can still see Glenn Smith rebuking storms. Yeah. You know? <laughs> wow, that was so many years ago. <laughs> but then I've also heard people just rant and rave over that you don't have that kind of authority. You're well, you're over here telling him to go that way, and he's over here telling him that you go that way, and you know it's going to take out somebody. But as you were telling that story, because I haven't thought about that uh-huh. in a really long time, although. I'm one to pray when there's some ugly storms coming yeah. in, eh? <laughs> but I was thinking, how? Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Jesus calmed the storm. He yeah. took dominion over that.
2: Yes, he did. And he expects us to do the same thing. Right.
1: And he did say, "Greater things
2: than I've done." Yep. And of course, you have people getting mad at you. You know, I had. Well, that's nothing new. It, yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> this is what it is. Uh, people saying, "Oh, that's not real," and you know, Aunt Boo Boo died, and you know, Uncle Ding Dong died, and all this type of stuff. And um, you know, I don't ever want to discount what happened in somebody's life because we've all had bad things happen in our life. But today, right now, Jesus is the same as He was yesterday. He's the same today, and He's the same forever. And And I don't want to base my belief off of what somebody else didn't experience. Mm -hmm. I want to base my belief off the Word of God because it's Mm -hmm. the Word, Mm -hmm. not some man's opinion or some man's Mm -hmm. theological thing that he's memorized. It is the Word of the living God is the only thing that never fails. Mm -hmm. And when we get to the point where we are willing to put our life on the line, we're willing like Peter to get out of the boat and I'm either gonna sink or swim, the Word of God becomes alive to us. It becomes real to us, I, you know. Not too long ago, Heather and I was going to Australia, and, and uh, we get all the way into to Sydney, you know. And because of, uh, you know, her background and stuff that you heard earlier, they's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" You know, she's she can't come in here. <laughs> and, and so we're sitting there at customs, and we're thinking, "Oh man, you know, okay, Lord, what do, what do you want to do?" Because I knew God needed our words in order for Him to watch over His word. To perform it, and so we begin to go inward. God, what are you wanting us to release? What are you wanting us to say? And He said, "Begin to declare the same way I was with David. I was, I'm with you. The same way I was with Moses. I'm with you. The same way I was with Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. I am with you. The same way." And so we just started declaring those that that simple phrase, the same way. And they come out the the people there, the the customs, and everything come out, and they look at her and says, "You know, ma'am, we usually don't do this, but." Uh, you've got twelve days. You go ahead and go do whatever you're doing, and then get out of the country. And,
3: yeah. Glory to God. Yeah, <laughs> and
2: so, but, but that—that's our God. Right. That is our God, and He's not some lucky rabbit's foot. He's not a genie in a bottle. Eww, 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 eww. You know, you remember I dream of genie some oh, yeah. years ago, <laughs> and that's the way people look at God a lot of yeah. times. And but He He wants to be real. He yeah. He wants to. Renew and rebuild and restore and he wants he wants to help us out of our mess, you know Mm. that um, He's just so faithful. I I just love him so much. I'm so thankful for how he's helped us and uh, So thank you for letting us share (laughs) (laughs) Let's
1: talk about your rope a little bit okay because I know that you have something where you gather a bunch of kids or something Tell me about that.
2: Yes um, you know, when I started, I laid down the roping and everything, and pastored churches for all those years. And the Lord was talking to me in 2010 about starting to rodeo and rope and stuff again. And I was like, "Man, Lord, these guys at the you know at the professional level, they haven't taken nine years off mentally like I have uh, from that." <laughs> um, and so once again, I really got serious with the Lord, and I had to know—not uh, necessarily—I didn't know every detail but what was on his heart, what he was wanting to do, and he began to show me how people's eternal destiny was attached to me, because I'd spent those years growing and working on me and developing me, and now it was time to go to the next stage of my life, and how uh, the roping and the cowboy world, and that he was just going to use that to reach people, and and I didn't know know at the time the capacity that he's using it now uh, around the world. But I started competing again professionally in roping and, and getting back. And still this day, you know, I do schools all over the place, clinics where I teach people how to rope. And um, but one of my sponsors, it's a Smarty Roping Machine. We uh, sent out applications on social media and everything, and we wanted to do a uh, a mentorship program because once again, you know, through the John Maxwell organization, I'm, uh, you know I do the mentorship program. I have people in the medical field, real estate, insurance, pastors, rodeo people that call in twice a month uh, and I'll teach a personal development you know teaching Then I'll open up for question answers be like a thinking partner to them how they can apply it in their life how to once again how can they know God and how can they be the best them they can be that's the heartbeat of that well so we wanted to do it for the up-and-coming rodeo stars uh, kids that are talented and gifted and they knew uh, they want to make a difference in the rodeo world you know that's their dream they wanna wanna be at the top of the professional level and so we had 450 kids 18 and under apply for this and we narrowed it down to 80 just because 450 that was just too much and of 80 course it
1: seems like a lot 80 a
2: lot also it really is uh but what we did is we we brought them in to a friend of mine's place and for 2 weeks we brought 41 week and 40 the next week and them and their families and we just talked to them about character and decisions and their giftings and the way to look at their giftings correctly and the way God looks at their giftings and um, and about sponsorships and dealing with business and dealing with people. And, uh, and we had about 30 of them accept the Lord. Um, and, yeah, So it was really phenomenal because they're from the United States and Canada. Um, and then once a month, they'll all call in on this uh, conference call line that I have. And once again, I'll teach uh, just a personal development. Just We want them not just to rope good. We want them to be the people God's called and created them to be. And so them and their families will sit around and listen and take notes, and I'll send them out worksheets and my notes and everything where they can fill in and take notes as I'm teaching, and then I'll have one of their rodeo heroes that are part of the team also. I'll send him my notes, and he'll know kind of the direction I'm going and how he's applied it in some form or fashion in his life. So I'll teach, and then we'll have one of the world champions or something like that share how he's applied that principle in his life, and then we'll open up the lines and the – The students can can ask questions and answers, how to apply it to their life, and and so it's been a really interesting uh, process and journey. Uh, But we wanna we wanna pour into the next generation, and so we do that every month. Now in April last month, uh, myself and there were several hundred of us coaches from the John Maxwell organization. Our goal is to reach a million youth, and uh, and so every week I went into different schools. And just we just taught leadership principles Um, and it was so fun just knowing that we're getting to impart God's principles and God's word into the next generation. And I haven't heard the final count yet. They're still counting all the events and activities, but I'm sure we got close to a million uh, youth that we reach between all of us in in the month of April. What age group? Uh, Well, all from just from zero up. Yep, zero up. You know, I know that. I spoke at the elementary school there. I spoke at a high school. I spoke at a, a youth event that had all ages. Um, at, at another deal, they was probably from age eight to eighteen. You know, that was mainly our target from eighteen down eight to eighteen. It Was kind of our.
1: I'm our target. I'm real glad to hear that that you're working on something like that because kids today need mentors. They need yeah. some guidance. They they need to know what
3: character is. Yeah. So, are you involved in that any? Not in the John Maxwell thing, not yet. I'm not, not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay, so let's talk about blended family. You mentioned that in the first hour. Yes. How's that working out?
2: We're getting better every day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Blended families are oh. are the norm. You yeah. know, they're not the exception.
2: Yeah. They're the norm. You know, and I, it's uh, people out there need tips. Yeah. They well. <laughs> Hey, we're learning. We're (laughs) learning, too. And we look at each other all the time and and just declare it it will get better. And it has. You know, Over the five years, um, it has been uh, a journey and a process uh, because I don't want our blended family to just be like another blended family. You want them to be the Brady Bunch. I want us to be exactly what God's created us to be, and that's above and beyond. Mm -hmm. That's where she has what it takes. She has the anointing of God to be the mom, mm-hmm. to be a godly woman, to be when they think of a godly woman they see her and for the anointing on her to bring healing in their heart mm-hmm. and I have the anointing as a father and as a leader to bring healing into their heart mm-hmm. and, and, and for each other. We have what it takes. That's something we say all the time, we have what it takes. We, have, we might not know the answer right now but we know we have what it takes in order for our family to continue to work together. And I think the thing that's helped us continue to move forward, what are you laughing at? I'm just smiling. You're smiling at all the journeys we've had. Yeah, a lot of opportunities to overcome. But but when we have the difficulties of us coming together as a family and being real with each other and talking through the hurt and talking through the pain and having a solution mindset, you know, as a family, okay? We know that that was hurtful. We know that that was hard. We've all gone through stuff but okay, what can we do to continue to work together?
1: Can you give us some examples, or at least one example of a, a challenge that you that you faced, and um, how how the Lord directed you to fix it? Yeah. Would you like?
3: Yeah, no. go ahead. Yes, it's <laughs> <laughs> um, well. Both okay. So our kids, how many kids now? Okay, we have three. He okay. has two, and I have one. Yeah. And I never married my daughter's father um, and he of course was married so other the other sides live very different lives from what we live they um they choose to live like the world and so when the kids well chloe being in our home she's our youngest daughter yes she's yes she's under the word all the time so it's different but for macy and hayes it's harder because they used to have the whole, and now they see the broken, and we got one doing something that didn't used to do, and Dad's still doing this. And so just the deception and the lies, the way the enemy, so, and then there's lots of hurt and pain that comes for just two different lives. Now we're gonna have, but back over here, we're gonna live under the word of God. Um, and so it gives lots of opportunity. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, strife definitely um, can be brought in, and deception, and uh, they question God, mm-hmm. um, and so, and God revealed to us, the only way to combat a lie is with the truth, That's right. and so you keep applying the truth, you keep addressing everything that wants to get shady over here, or let's just make it look like something that it's not, no, 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 you apply the word, but full frontal like just we're going to be open and honest and some things you don't want to talk to kids about at first because you're thinking well they're not old enough but bless their hearts i mean if they're put in that position to where on one side you're getting told something completely different like we have to and i mean it was a directive of the lord you tell the truth Mm -hmm. you just have to face it and so they've had to of course i mean a divorced kid is going to have to grow up fast sometimes in a sense anyway but as for me i thought I've got the blended family thing down, right? I mean, like my parents both are on their second this. marriage. I got this, I know how to be a stepmom. Um, Yeah, no, <laughs> not at all. It has been very painful, um, extremely painful because um, you want to love them, but then there's things that they're coming into the house that are brought from the other place, and you're like, and it's the things that you're trying to uproot out of you. And so it's like, you don't bring that in here and it's like wait a minute like you're not being like jesus and you're not being kind and loving and then that causes hurt in them and they're like "Whoa, who is this woman like what's going on with you like you're supposed to be like jesus and you're so rough and that's part of you know Mm -hmm. just me becoming the person that i'm supposed to be and not being so Mm -hmm. rough and you know because it is a journey and we are in a process Um, but a lot of it has been you know caused from me being rough and because what i grew up in my grandpa was oil filled And so say no more. Yeah. Okay. Right. (laughs) And so that was normal. Like, I don't, I don't understand soft speech. Like, what do you mean soft speech? Like, you can't hear me if I'm talking like this. You're not going to do what I say if I'm talking to you now, honey. Well, wrong Er, you know, I didn't realize that everybody else didn't talk rough. Like I thought that was my language. And then that's how I survived living out in the world too but then coming into this marriage and then i would say something and i'd see macy and Hayes's face i'm like okay so apparently i didn't say that right because you got hurt all over your face and i didn't mean for it to hurt your feelings um so that has been a huge and that's what the lord's really been dealing with me about lately is just the fruit of the spirit and being kind and being gentle and being loving and letting that just radiate through me but in the process of doing that i've had to uproot um, just, you know, see, stuff from the past. But the Lord showed me it was really cool. You know, that tree finger, that tree digger upper. We were driving one day and this um, tree removal system was in front of us. And it was during a process where the Lord was uprooting stuff for me. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, look, that's a tree puller upper. <laughs> um, but the Lord showed me that when He's uprooting this stuff, that it's leaving a hole. And it's very important for me to be planting the word in that mm-hmm. hole so I can have a new root to get new mm-hmm. fruit. And it takes time to bear new fruit Mm -hmm. and so in our family we are in the process of bearing new fruit um all of us because we've all been hurt yeah but in ministry i've learned i've I've seen that there's a lot more pressure on our family to be divided um because well yeah the devil wants to destroy our family because our kids are anointed too his daughter oh my gosh she's anointed to sing Hayes, he's probably going to be a preacher i mean he already says that and i mean he can I mean, sometimes it's like, okay, who's talking, Trey or Hayes? <laughs> and, um, and Chloe's got a calling on her life, too. She's got a servant's heart mm-hmm. like no other, um, but learning to just train them in the ways of the Lord and um, not to deviate from that, because when you deviate from that, it's not going to go well for you, and there are consequences for that. Um, but we are definitely in a, uh, and I think people see our family and they're like, oh, they've got it so together. It has been in process, and it's yeah. been very painful. Um, and just, you know, the devil's dummy's got no new tricks, but he uses the same ones over and over, and we seem to, and us knowing that, and then we're in the middle of a battle before we even realize, man, we took the bait on that one. <laughs> mm-hmm. And especially for me, and just being new to all of this, it's been, um, so I, I feel like a lot of it has is, is been my fault, just not being, well, Trey married a faith project. <laughs> Plus, <laughs> <Bless> his heart. <laughs> he knew I mean, that. Yeah, he did know that. And it's, sometimes it's been hard because he's my spiritual father, but he's also my husband. And so sometimes it's like, he's like, okay, do I be a husband or do I be a spiritual father? Like, which is it? And it's like, okay, Lord, you're going to have to deal with her. And then, of course, the Lord does deal That's with me.
1: actually what a husband's supposed to do. Yes.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Hallelujah. So yeah. Good job. Hop yeah, hop. So. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but our kids. I mean, but we've gotten a lot better. A lot better. Yes. And it's special. teaching them
2: how to release and forgive. Yes. And mm-hmm. how not be to a go victim. forward and not to have a victim mentality. Right. Uh, but a, a victorious mentality. Right. You know, and-
1: well, you know, it's something to you would have to be, I would think you'd have to be real cautious to not let the enemy keep a lot of condemnation on you because he has yes. been very successful yes. in destructive things for yes. you. Oh, doing yes. Doing that to you. But mm-hmm. here's the thing, when it comes to those kids, although we always have to do our best to represent Jesus, we're all still conforming. Mm-hmm. And none of us, including the kids, can look at you and think, that's Jesus. I mean, yes, at some point, but they should never confuse the two. You know?
0: Yeah, well, you're, I think she's... You're she's, human, yeah. and you're
1: going to make mistakes. You're human. Right. And that's where I would see that you would have to be, like... Um, that girl up front with them and going, yes. you know, I just want you to know that that I am working on this, that the Lord is working on me
3: on this, and yes, and we've had those conversations, mm-hmm. and those are a lot of them, and because is, they do does see it help? me, it does, and they do yeah. see me making mistakes, but they see me owning my mistakes, and they mm-hmm. see me talking about them and being up front about them and growing through them, and okay, let's learn through this, mm-hmm. and again, and I use my past because they they know now um, I wasn't let's just say they know now. <laughs> um, and so I was gonna wait to tell them, but it was at a point where. It needed to happen. Well, yes. And so I use my past like, this is what doing drugs and alcohol, I mean, this is how you end up. And then you It looks you ha- fun, not so much. And it's not, but it can make you rough and it can make you hard, it can make you unkind, it can make you callous. And then that's not how you wanna be because Jesus can't fully use you that way. Um, and my statement earlier, I meant they don't see the love of God sometimes in me because I do get so frustrated and so hurt and then the devil does come with a condemnation like, Mm -hmm. way to go, mom of the year over there, oh yeah, you know, the, the thoughts that come (laughs) and then you're like, okay, but that's not who I am. Yes, I messed up. Yes, I repent. Yes, I'm going to try again. And that's the thing about me, I don't know how many times um, I've had to repent and I have fallen down and I have made mistakes, but I get back up and I try and that's how we succeed, Every time you make a mistake and you fall down, get back up. Mm -hmm. You can't quit, because if you quit, then that makes you a loser. And I don't even compute in my head. I mean, there's been times where I've been really low, and it's like, man, and I've had to have, you know, Trey has just spoken the life back into my spirit, man. It's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm a fighter, okay, and then I'm back.
2: Reminder of who she is in Christ and how to win, how to get back up.
3: And we've had to do that with our kids, remind Mm -hmm. them of who they are. And we have to remind them of the, because their, their life isn't like, It's stressful at the other places it's more fun and like we can say and do whatever we want like woo and then they get to our house and you can just feel the pressure when when we're all together and it's like okay do y'all feel that pressure and so we identify the pressure we talk about the pressure and i I mean i really do feel like a lot of it is ministry Mm -hmm. pressure just the devil because all of them do have a call on their life and then of course we have a call on our life. so there's that and then the blended familyness you know the hurt from the divorce and Chloe never knew me and her dad so that that's not an issue for her I mean to her that's normal but being in this family is not being the center of attention was new to her mm-hmm. not yeah. it always being about Chloe was new to her and but Trey's a great dad to her um, and I'm thankful that he is the man that he is to her because he is what she needs to see a real father I mean he and sometimes I'm like because he's such a good dad it's like every time we have all the kids together it's we got it you know we're playing we're playing board games football we throw balls in our house we do all sorts of things in our house
2: she's like no you don't
3: oh no we do but it's all replaceable so we have a stack of stuff i need replaced um (laughs) um, but trey's like heather all that stuff's replaceable because when he had his kids taken from him he's like time is so precious and you never realize how much the time is precious until you have it taken from you and i so get that because i remember what it was like having my daughter taken from me and it was like okay i remember what that's like and so
2: mm-hmm. now we don't teach the kids to aim at all the stuff but it if something happens, happens you know
3: volleyball <laughs> basketball football dodgeball for
2: this base and 20 points for this one over here you know it's <laughs>
3: bless the lord yeah it's an adventure yeah yes
1: yeah but it's it's also um a question though, when with a blended family and being in the ministry and people know you're in the ministry and we already know that when you went through a really rough personal time it was like, you're done. Do you see yourself in the limelight now of a lot of pastors I know and their wives
0: mm-hmm.
1: and this is uh, something that happened 20 years ago. I still remember this pastor's wife telling me how very difficult it was because everybody in the church is looking at them like you're supposed to be perfect and all Mm -hmm. hell was breaking loose with their kids. You know, their kids were teenagers and just bouncing off the walls and, you know, and they had to put on this appearance of everything is perfect. Do you guys have to deal with that? Because I -hmm. I just want the world to know pastors and their wives. Are very normal people, yeah. right. and we're not supposed to put them on pedestals.
2: Yeah,
1: we're supposed to help them. <laughs>
2: yeah, uh, you know, we we realize, you know, people are always watching, you know, uh, period. No matter mm-hmm. where we go in the world, uh, more than likely, you know, I'm going to know somebody, or somebody's going to know me, and um, it just is what it is. And so, I want our family. Uh, I want us to be good representatives of God, but I also want us to enjoy life. We mm-hmm. like to have fun, mm-hmm. um, and we want to we wanna please the Lord. Uh, we want to please each other, you know. Uh, but, yeah, people are always looking, and none of us are perfect. We're all a work in progress. We're going to do our best to, to know God and be the best us we can be. And, you know, hopefully people see the real us, and they see our heart, and they see our fruit, and that we wouldn't uh, do anything on purpose to cause them to stumble or to cause them to fall. That's not our heart, uh, but that we're, we're trying just like they are, you know, to apply the word,
1: you know, and when it comes to feeling that kind of pressure, cause I can only imagine the kind of pressure that you're feeling mm-hmm. Heather, but I, I think for you, I would be kind of like, you know what, Lord, Help them understand that the judgmental pressure that they're putting on me, is it's, it's a heavy load. Mm-hmm. And they will answer for that mm-hmm. because the fruit that they're bearing isn't good fruit, yeah. you know? And so that makes it easy to forgive when you're looking at it going, you know what, Lord, they don't have a clue yeah. They have, they don't have a clue what they're, yeah. what they're doing, being right. used by the enemy. Right.
2: And that's um, one thing we always talk about is that you know we can't control what anybody else does. All right. we can control is us. Yep. You know. Sometimes we, not then. <laughs> yeah, uh We control our thoughts, our heart, our words. You know, and and that's all we can do. Is well, Lord help us be loving and help us be forgiving and releasing and let it go and just keep going forward. Thanks
1: for never giving up on me, God. Thank you,
2: Lord. Yes. Yes. Well, I paid a
1: hefty price for you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, so you go to Australia too.
2: Uh huh. What's in
1: Australia? Mm. Um, Kangaroos. A a lot of
2: people. Yes, I tried to rope a kangaroo over there uh, the first time. Yeah, I didn't. Everybody looks. Yeah, that's what I hear. Uh, But it was an adventure. (laughs) You know, it was like, oh man, this is an opportunity. And of course, when the mama turned around and hissed at me, Heather's like, "You've got to leave her alone." You know. And so my rope wasn't quite long enough uh, to get to get the roo roped, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, we go over there. We went over there with a the group of people, Saddle Up from Christ, um, three years ago now. Yes. And uh, we did... Saddle
1: Up for Christ. Saddle Up
2: for Christ. It's an yeah. organization out of Oklahoma. And we'll be going to Brazil this year with that same organization. Uh, but we went over there and we did free barrel racing clinics, uh, calf roping clinics, team roping clinics. And if they came to the clinic, then we would share share the Lord with them, you know. And so from from that time, I've, I've gone back over several times, and I'll go into new territories, and I'll go um, to, like, they, they have these big ropings, like their biggest events. I'll try to be at them, and I'll compete. Um, and then I'll also, uh, I've officiated some of their ropings, you know, been the flagger and stuff, and then they'll let me have church. I mean, they'll literally stop the the uh, rodeo or whatever it is and just hand me the microphone and just say Trey will you share with us and people will just come up to the fences because it's so foreign to them you know less than five percent of the country are Christians and in our minds we're thinking well, Hill song's over there so they've got it covered you right. know but- no
1: hill songs over here <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> uh,
2: but-, but they don't and you know Glenn and Ann went over years ago mm-hmm. and started a work over there and it's neat to see a lot of uh, the fruit and the seeds that they sown years ago coming back, back alive, and so mm-hmm. we we get to see uh, so many things over there. I mean, people will get saved, had, and then I'll do private roping and clinics and stuff over there also, and head had mafia guys accept the Lord over there, and just, they're thinking they're going to come and get better at their roping, which they do, but then they have an encounter with God, and then they'll families. drop
3: families. Trey, when Trey was preaching, yeah, families would get saved, and that was the whole idea behind the the satellite for Christ bringing in because it's a barrel thing, a barrel racing thing. But uh-huh. they reached out to Trey to bring in the man side of it. So the mamas are there, the daddies are there, and then there's families getting saved. Yeah, over there from Trey just preaching the word. It was it was amazing.
2: And so it's fun. I mean, we'll go back over there again. Like their national finals there. Uh, I've done it the past two years. This will be my third year to do the service over there. Um, for that and it and it is like Heather said you know while I'm sitting there preaching there's been times where you have had the drunk guys up there wanting to whoop you you know while you're preaching so you're I'm listening on the inside okay if they come at me Lord you want me to cast the devil out of them you want me to hit them and pray for their healing <laughs> what do you want me to do you know <laughs> and so it's funny how you have all these things going off in your mind um, but then when I get done preaching there'll literally be lines of people mm. at times waiting on me at my horse just I've never heard anything like that before and just start pouring their hearts out and, and watching God just set them free and deliver them and um, even Facebooking me. Now, now, how do I ask Jesus to come into my heart again? Uh, and so it's really been interesting how God has used a rope, uh, you know, to mm-hmm. open up doors over there. And then I'll go there. I spoke at the full businessman's um, meeting over there in uh, Melbourne last time I was over there. And, of course, we'll do some more things with them whenever I go back, uh, probably in October. And uh, so, yeah, it's very, it's...
1: Uh, What's the atmosphere like, then, if you're if you're going over there and there's 5% Christians? Uh-huh. I mean, here in America, we're, we're uh-huh. used to a country that, mm-hmm. for the most part, we acknowledge yeah.
2: the one true God. Right. We take advantage of it over here, uh, over there. I mean, you even have the little kids... Uh, dropping the f-bomb and gd and that's just normal that's normal to them it's very uh, a very hard culture very hard atmosphere over there um, and so those men over there they want you know they'll listen to a man's man so mm-hmm. to say you mm-hmm. know that that's why a lot of them haven't received uh, uh, somebody that maybe isn't uh, able to speak their language or get in there and mix it up with them as far as you know that's one one thing God shown me a lot of favor over there because of uh, the my ability and the gift to rope I can compete and do good over there so it opens up and there's a level of respect there mm-hmm. uh, that they have and uh, so it's it's rough the women are very uh, very kind of cold and hard and uh, but that's mm-hmm. their normal yeah. you know it's it, we went into an Aborigine village um, and the tribal leader was showing us around of all these new buildings and stuff they're building for the people and but, you know, you have 12-year-old girls with babies over there. You have 12, 14 people in a little bitty room like this right here living. But he's so excited about all these new houses that they're building. I said, well, what are you doing to teach them how to think? And he got mad. He shut me down. Um, that their mentality, they have them right where they want them. Mm-hmm. Don't mess with them. And uh, and so uh, it, it's a different culture. Because here in America, I mean, it, it we take it for granted. You know, all the churches and, you know, the, all the stuff that we have available to us. We're over there. It's new to them. I mean, and they're, once they truly have an encounter with God, they're hungry and they'll do whatever it takes, you know, drive hours or whatever just to hear because they've never heard anything like that before.
3: And they did. It was really cool the first time. I've only been over there one time for 12 days. For 12 days. And then yes. Trey has gone back several different times by himself or with a, pretty much by himself. And, but the, um, the people would travel and they don't drive in Australia like it, we do. apparently the way we do. I mean, we're used to an eight hour drive. That's not a big deal to us. Them, you know, driving, you know, a couple hours was a huge deal, but they did it. And they would follow Trey around from village to village, from these little towns, just to hear him preach. And I thought, wow, how They're cool hungry. is that? Yeah, hungry they are so God. hungry. And I'm talking families, like mamas and daddies and babies just raising their hands. And we do church services in these. Um, little community outreach park type things and just fan I mean it just like your heart is just like oh my gosh you see mamas and babies and and then they're they show up to the next town and you're like I thought y'all didn't travel oh but we want to hear we want to hear you know they want to hear about this God and so it's so what do they uh, do
1: to to get some discipleship once you come back home
2: The last time, well, a lot of them, uh, I send out a daily devotional uh, that I write through email and stuff like that. So they have
1: Internet?
2: Yes, yeah, they have Internet. (laughs) Some Uh, of them. (laughs) And and I send out a daily video, minute-long video also. Um, But then uh, the second time I was over there, I got a group of men together, um, and we put a plan together of how some of them could start going to some of the different rodeos, high school rodeos, college rodeos the professional rodeos over there to be there and to start having services for these people because a lot of them they live far away from a church Mm -hmm. Um, and so we're still in the process of developing the discipleship process but uh, of course a lot of them have my CDs and that they they use what they can and we connect them to people that we learn from and listen to and uh, so they can just do the best with what they got you know whenever I got saved I remember I was in El Paso and I didn't have a church but I was hungry and God connected me with Glenn and Ann and, uh, and some other ministers that I would get their monthly partner letters and that's one of the reasons we send those out and I would devour them. I would memorize them and start applying them to my life and that's how I started developing the hunger on the inside yeah. of me and then I began to realize, okay, I need to find a church. It's important to have leaders in my life. And, but that hunger, it doesn't matter if you're a Baptist, Pentecostal, Methodist, Presbyterian, Catholic. If we stay hungry for God, God is going to show up. He's going to move heaven and earth to reveal Himself to us. Right. Um, so we're still developing the discipleship process and doing what we can right now from so far away.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It is literally the other side of the planet. It is. Yeah. is yeah. It would
2: be.
3: But we've Facebook through Facebook, we stay in contact. And we communicate a lot yeah. that way. Some of them have come over yeah. here and spent some days with us, and then they go back. And I mean. Trey does the best he can, you know, with the distance. But it is cool how those relationships, how they do reach out yeah. through Facebook. It's pretty easy to communicate through Facebook on that, um, or through email. Um, yeah. But it's. Got so to really when work. is
1: their national finals? Ours is in December. When's theirs? In October.
2: October. Okay. The end of October. Yes, ma'am. And mm-hmm. that's usually when you go. Yes, uh, usually I go a couple times a year, uh, but that's looking like the next time I'll go this year will be in October because you're a busy boy. We got a lot going.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Every time I talk to you you're flying here or there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. texting you. Hi. Yeah. Sorry I was on the airplane. Yeah. Yeah. So you're mm. busy and yeah. it's getting busier it yes. seems like. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. You have a TV program too.
2: Yes. Yeah. Thank you Lord.
1: Yep. See Did you her. hear what Melania Trump's program is that she just announced this no. week? What is it? Be
2: Best. Really? Yeah.
1: Isn't that something? Thank you, Lord. Isn't that something? So, what is what is your TV program?
2: Being your best with Trey Johnson. Yes, it yeah. is. Being your best with Trey Johnson.
1: So we're hoping to get that on here pretty quick.
2: Great. And
1: uh, I'm excited about that. Thank mm-hmm. you. So I say, Cowboy Church is finally back at yes. TLC.
2: Thank you, Lord. You
1: know, because I know that just because you're a cowboy, uh-huh. you're you're gonna reach people that other people can't reach. Right. You know, and. That's just how it is. Yeah. You know
2: Thank what you are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, be the best us we can be.
1: That's right. Yeah. Be as obedient yeah. as we can yes. be. Yes. Um, We're
2: yeah. willing, willing and obedient.
1: So where do you uh, see yourself headed?
2: Um, you know, I really I have a heart uh, for developing leaders. Um, you know, the rope and Thing. It's something I keep before the Lord because we do have so much going on. And, you know, I tell him, Lord, you know I don't have to do anything and I'm willing to lay whatever you want me to lay down. Uh, but he, he continues to tell me to stay sharp and ready for assignment because he uses the rope in such a phenomenal mm-hmm. way to open doors around the world. Um, and if I ever pasture again, um, I'll, I'll still travel. You know, I know part of my assignment also is is edifying the body of Christ, equipping the body of Christ. Um, and so developing leaders, edifying the body. You know, our, our, my purpose, you know, something that in everything that I do, my purpose is helping people know God and being the best them they can be. Now, that's why I'm on this earth. So in everything that I do, that's a question I'm asking. If somebody asks me to do something, is this going to help people know God? And is it going to help them be the best them they can be? Now, the vision, our vision for, for our life is we want to reach the world with the gospel. We know we're called to the world. We'll and, reach We're And world disciple them. And <laughs> disciple them. Reach the world yes. with the gospel, <laughs> win the world of team roping, and, and change lives one thought at a time. Mm-hmm. Now, how? What's our plan to do that? Well, we're going to do it through one service at a time, one conference at a time, mm-hmm. uh, the books that we write, the CDs, the TV programs, radio. You know, just last week had two secular radio stations contact me and asked me if I'd just do a motivational minute with Trey and on their secular radio station I said now can I use scripture they said please do I said yes you know <laughs> just another opportunity to share God's Word and so that's our you know purpose is something that never changes Proverbs 19 21 says the purpose of God remains forever now vision what it looked like to fulfill my purpose looked different when I was in my twenties and when I was in my thirties and now I'm in my forties but my purpose doesn't change. Just how it's looking is evolving, in um, our plan. You know, that's I have my daily plan, weekly plan, monthly plan. God directs the plan, but it's always and He can always change always it. Always change it. That's why we live like this, Lord. Mm-hmm. Here it is. Here's today.
1: Here it, Here it is. is. We There's trust the plan you. Today? Th- that's right.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's right. So uh, you know, we'll continue to, of course, reaching the lost. There's nothing. Like people accepting Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Uh, there's nothing like that. And
1: yeah, and you know, even though the majority of people here in the U.S. do acknowledge the one true God, Uh the majority don't live for Him. Right. Right.
2: Yep. And so that's you know, and and my heart too is, as her husband and her covering and a man that loves her is to help her get to her destiny because i know she has greatness on the inside Mm -hmm. of her um and there's a lot of people attached to her and their freedom and stuff and and so that's constantly before me of creating that environment for her to know god and her to be her best uh well see that's
1: pretty cool because yeah you you can see it yeah you can see there is a calling on you Mm -hmm. Because God doesn't waste anything. That's, no, doesn't. that's the most amazing thing. It's there's things that you think are well. That was really dumb of me. Yeah, but th- <laughs> guess what? I, I'm going to use that. Right. Yeah, I will use your mistakes. He's right. so faithful. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's we know if we keep creating that environment for her and I, where we're knowing God, and we're we're operating what God's designed us to do, it creates that environment for our kids. You know, something that holds me accountable is I always ask myself. Could I take what I do with my time and could I take my relationship with God and hand it to my wife and hand it to my kids and if they just applied it, would they be able to know God and would they be able to fulfill their assignment? Because I just don't want them to hear it coming out of my mouth, I want them to see it in my life. Mm -hmm. And if Heather and I both are doing that, well then we're giving our kids, the greatest thing we can give them is to know the presence of God Mm -hmm. and to know how to become who God's created them to be. Mm
1: And, and truly, when you're training them up that way, you know what? They might go off and be stupid like we were too, but they'll know the truth.
2: God's faithful. And he
1: will reel them back in, Yes, right? Yes. See, I, I see a thing also where there are so many women that want to be all that God has has for them but there's so many things that are keeping them from that, whether it's fear, whether it's erroneous church doctrine, or, you know, they're telling them, no, 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 you have to just sit down and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Well, God never changes, and I'm pretty sure that there were some pretty outspoken women in the Old Testament, too, yeah, right? That's right. So, anyway, I, I think women really need healing in a, in a yeah. big way. And they they need a safe place. People need a safe place within the church where mm-hmm. they can go, you know what? Yeah, you messed up. And yeah, you messed up again. But whatever. Yeah. Get back on your horse and that's we'll right off to anyway. the sunset. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know?
2: Let's keep going forward. That's right.
1: As long <laughs> as you get back up on that horse you're okay. Yes.
2: Hey, Amy, would you mind, I know we just have a few minutes left in the show, would you mind if I just, I know they've heard us talk about asking Jesus into their heart several different times throughout the time. Could I quickly? you got two minutes. Oh, that's no problem. (laughs) So if you've been watching the show uh, and you've heard us talk about the importance of a relationship with Jesus, you know, Heather had her experience, I've had mine, Amy's had hers. But no matter where you're at or what you're doing, I want you to go inward right now. And the greatest decision that you can ever make is where you draw a line in the sand and you say, Today is the day that I am making the decision to call on the name of the Lord Jesus. And I'm asking you, Jesus, to say this with me right now. Say, Father God, God. I ask right now for you to forgive me. And you know what? He already has say I receive that forgiveness right now I believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and I declare with my mouth that Jesus you are my Lord so now according to the Word of God I'm saved I'm forgiven and I can be certain that I'll spend eternity with Almighty God now that simple prayer Get you into the family of God. You have the nature of God on the inside of you. Now start changing the way you think by renewing your mind. Get connected to the right body of believers that teach the uncompromised word of God. And stay hungry. Because if you stay hungry, God will move heaven and earth yes. to help you become who you're called and created to be. Mm. God bless you guys. Amen. Amen. Thank and you. get a Bible. Yes. Get a
1: Bible.
2: Gotta have a the, Bible. The
1: best thing you can do is spend <laughs> spend time in the Word yes. and yes. let that wash over you, renew you, and wash you from the inside out, like that old trough with the bugs. That's right. Yes. It'll clean right? it out. Yes. You know, overflow. This has been wonderful, guys. Yes. Thank you. Thank so you. I'm I'm really hopeful that it w- is the first of very many. Yes. Yes. Trey and Heather Johnson. Thank you. you. Visits.
2: Love you guys. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you
1: you for joining us today. We love you.